Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, after your tenure at Caroline, where you had Cam Newton for a good chunk of it, coming here, did anything surprise you about the difficulty or the challenges of trying to find that guy? Um... Didn't real, you know, honestly, that that's that's probably the, been the biggest crux of it all is trying to find that guy. I mean, that's the hardest thing for anybody. It doesn't matter whether you're here uh, or if you're one of the other places that are looking for that guy. I mean, you, you know, you're fortunate if you get a head coaching job where there's a guy, you better relish that and you better succeed. I'll tell you that right now. Um, you know, and, and, and I've said this before, if, if you know, a guy like Alex Smith, if he never gets hurt, I'd never come here because I, I think Jay and what they were doing would have continued. I mean, you get a guy like that, man, you you run with it. I promise you that. Was Ron, that was Ron Rivera yesterday answering a question from Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. Uh, quarterback, uh, if they could have just figured that out. So we talked about this earlier in the show, and then somebody sent me a link to – um, our, uh, our, our guys who I like a lot at Hogs Haven, they put together this list of Ron Rivera's top 10 worst decisions in D.C. Thank you, Philip, for sending me this because this was a really interesting read. And number one, um, and we're talking primarily about football-related decisions, uh, but um, the number one worst decision uh, that Ron Rivera made in D.C. in this Hogs Haven countdown of the top 10 was what we had discussed earlier in the show, failing to draft a quarterback in 2020 and drafting Chase Young. Now, hindsight is 50-50, as Steve Spurrier once said. Um, you know, I did not feel like drafting Tua or Justin Herbert in the moment was the right thing to do, and I was a big fan of Chase Young at Ohio State. And I thought, like a lot of people thought, that Chase Young had a chance to be the next, you know, Von Miller, the next big-time game-changing pass rusher in the NFL. Um, I would have totally been open to not only selecting Joe Burrow at number two, um, if Cincinnati, let's just say, took Tua instead, um, I would have even been uh, in favor of trading up to number one if it were available, which it never was, to draft Joe Burrow. But certainly we're talking about now things that are more hindsight related. And the bottom line is, is that they haven't been able to solve the quarterback spot. And Tua and Justin Herbert have been really good quarterbacks. Um, Herbert more so, in my opinion. And I do think there is an angle to the conversation about any young quarterback during this era, especially the Dan Snyder era, having success here or as much success here as they've had elsewhere. Herbert's been a really good quarterback. I understand what the win-loss record is and the fact that they blew the massive lead in the playoff game, but their defense was horrendous this year. He lost his top receiver at the time in Mike Williams. They were injured throughout. 
Um, and they had a real, you know, lightweight as a as a head coach there. Even though I think Kellen Moore did a pretty good job. In if you go back and you redraft twenty twenty, you take Justin Herbert at number two. Like that's not even a debate. Don't give me his win loss record or his lack of a playoff win as reasons why you wouldn't select Justin Herbert. Who would you take then? at number two overall, because you wouldn't take Chase Young. I don't know that Tua succeeds here in a lot of, for a lot of different reasons. It's not the Mike McDaniel system. It would have been Scott Turner. Um, it certainly didn't include the weapons that it includes right now with Waddle and Hill and Mostert, etc. Um, so I don't know what Tua would have been, not just in Washington, but in a lot of different places, I think you know quarterbacks are elevated in the Shanahan tree schemes that are you know the most dominant in today's game. Uh, and if he had landed on a team that didn't include Sean McVay or Mike McDaniel or Kyle Shanahan or even offshoots like Kevin Stefanski, etc., I don't know that it would have worked with Tua. But I do agree that when it comes to football decisions, the first draft choice they made, Chase Young, looking back on it, was the worst decision because they should have seriously considered quarterback at number two or seriously considered a trade back to pick up more picks. Um, Rather, if they weren't, you know, Herbert was the pick. That's what you go back and do. But if you go back a little bit and you're able to pick up, you know, a Tristan Wirfs or potentially a Justin Jefferson, you know, um, yeah, uh, and and you make another decision at quarterback, you know, with free agency, et cetera, that was number one on the list. And Hogshaven had that. Number two for them was vastly overpaying for Carson Wentz. I didn't even think of this, but it's so right. I I thought the most embarrassing part of that trade was how much they got fleeced for a guy that was going to be released. the, The picks were one thing, but picking up the entire salary was embarrassing from a personnel management standpoint. They got completely taken to the cleaners by the Colts in that deal. Uh, you know, the whole Ron Rivera looking back, remember during that Chicago post-game press conference or whenever it was, ripping people for the Carson Wentz trade and he did all the analytics. Who came up with the analytics on paying him his full freight salary when they probably would have done it for cents on the dollar? God, that was embarrassing. Said it at the time. Uh, first of all, didn't think Wentz was the long-term answer. But if you were going to trade for Wentz, for a guy who nobody had any interest in and he was going to be released, you don't give up what you get, gave up. And if you had to give that, give that up to ensure that you got him versus he gets to be a free agent after he's released, you certainly don't pick up the whole salary. I mean, that was the biggest single indication that Rivera and company were over their heads as deal makers uh, that we've seen. Number three on the list was allowing Wentz to start against the Browns. Now, I would not put that that high up on the list. Um, And the reason that I wouldn't is there seems to be a lot of revisionist history in terms of how Taylor Heineke was playing in the moment. You know, they wanted to go to Wentz earlier. I'm not saying going to Wentz turned out to be the right call because he obviously did not play well, even though they did have a 7-3 to halftime lead after the longest drive of the NFL season at the end of the second quarter. But my God, he was tight and he was horrible early in that game. But we kind of forget that in two losses to the Giants and the 49ers, Heineke had turned the ball over five times and did not play well. Um, And really wasn't a guy that if you got into the postseason, you could do anything with. And so I didn't in that moment going into that game have a massive issue 
with them turning back to Wentz. Um, I was not a big fan of the way Heineke was playing in the moment. Uh, Wentz, to me, represented a higher ceiling, even though I was not a big fan at all and did not think he was anywhere near a long-term answer. Now, looking back on it, the way he played, you would have been better off with Heineke. I still don't know if you win that game against the Browns with Heineke because the key part of that game, up 7-3 to three at halftime, was allowing Cleveland to score on three straight drives to start the second half to roll up, I think it was 225 yards and three touchdowns on three successive drives against Washington. And it was the defense for just pretty much the only time since early in that season that let them down in a big way. Uh, in that game. So are you more competitive offensively? Maybe. But look, this was a team that had scored 12 points against the Giants, uh, you know, whatever it was, 13 against the 49ers, and was not a, a, a highly functioning offense. Just may have been slightly higher functioning with Heineke versus what we ended up seeing from Carson Wentz. Um, next on the list, they had had pursuing a massive trade for Russell Wilson. Well, you know, it, they're, 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 they describe it as, as the fourth biggest mistake. Look, the bottom line is he didn't get Russell Wilson. Uh, they wanted Drew Locke. They wanted to trade him to an AFC team, which is what they did. And Russell Wilson probably wanted to stay closer to the West Coast. Uh, which he was able to do. Washington, remember, offered a deal at the time that was actually a bigger deal uh, in overall trade compensation uh, than uh, Seattle, than Denver offered. Um, Washington would have lost in that deal 2022, 2023, and 2024 first round picks and a hell of a lot of, of future cap space. Uh, allocation to a new uh, deal that they would have had to sign Russell Wilson to. I was not against going after Russell Wilson. Would have been dead wrong, more likely than not. Um, Although I thought Russ played well this year uh, for the most part. Um, Then number five on their list was letting his chief talent evaluator get away. When Rivera arrived in 2020, there was some turnover in the coaching staff, but he left the front office largely intact during the first season. Ron uh, was in complete charge of football operations, but Kyle Smith was promoted, if you recall, from director of college personnel to VP of player personnel with Rivera's arrival. Smith, who had been with the organization since 2011 as a scout, is well-regarded in league circles and was at the time. You know, and if Kyle Smith had been able to do everything he wanted to do in the draft, there would have been even better success than just John Allen, Deron Payne, Terry McLaurin, Antonio, um, uh, not Gibson, uh, but some of the players that came before. But in the 2019 draft, Dan took over the first round of that draft. So number six, real quickly, was drafting and reaching for first and second down projects, including trading up for a long snapper. Um, It's funny about how the uh, selection of Jahan Dotson now on the trade back is considered a bit of a reach. Fedarian Mathis in the second round may have been a bit of a reach, but it's been injuries really more than anything else. Um, Number seven was allowing Kevin O'Connell to get away. Well, that really was... Um, Kevin O'Connell wanting to uh, you know get out anyway, and Sean McVay wanting Kevin O'Connell. They would have had to give him perhaps an elevated title to get him there to L.A. But to 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 the point of the Hogshaven list, you know this is where Ron was starting to go with a lot of you know Charlotte to D.C., including eventually moving on from Kyle Smith and bringing in a guy like Marty Herney, even though Martin Mayhew wasn't a part of it. Uh, in in Carolina, but yeah, um, they he wanted uh, Norv and and really wanted Scott because he thought Scott could could be the best Norv. 
Uh, number eight on the list was using players in the wrong position or wrong scheme. Jamin Davis, Landon Collins, William Jackson all come to mind as far as that's concerned. Uh, cutting Dustin Hopkins for Chris Blewett was number nine on the list. The kick that did it for Dustin Hopkins was the short kick that he missed against the Chiefs in a game that was actually winnable in the moment. Uh, they had had enough of him at that point. And then number 10 on the list was failing to invest adequately adequately in the offensive line. This is a pretty good list overall. So I'll ask you, uh, what was the biggest mistake um, or decision that Ron Rivera made during his time here? I do think, in terms of football, um, because I do think the first decision he made, um, and I think the way in which he made it, even though he's never said this publicly and actually pushed back on it publicly, but what else is he supposed to do? He's not going to throw Dan under the bus. Um, But it only makes sense given how quickly he benched and demoted Dwayne Haskins to third string, you know, a month into that first season, um, that this was something that Dan wanted that Ron essentially complied with to get the job to a certain degree. Um, and uh, it was a big mistake. 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. We'll open up phone lines. Give me the worst decision you think Ron Rivera made uh, as Washington's head coach slash coach-centric general manager. Calls next. Denton will answer as well. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we have phone lines open. Michael Phillips is going to join us in about 12 minutes. Uh, What was the worst Ron Rivera decision of his tenure in D.C.? Hogshaven put together a top 10 list. I agree with their number one, um, and again, it's it's a hindsight 2020 thing, but uh, going with the Dwayne Haskins in 2020 rather than using the number two overall pick um, for a potential quarterback was the biggest mistake. Clearly, right now, if we went back and redrafted his first draft, everybody takes Justin Herbert number two overall, and Washington has a franchise quarterback. What they would have done with him, who knows? Uh, with it, you know, they didn't have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams uh, and Austin Eckler, but they had some skill position players here over the last couple of years. Uh, but that is number one. Denton, what's your number one? 
So that one is my my number one, but I was looking at their list, Kevin, and there was one that I think should be included in the list that was not included. Yeah. And okay. that is um the signing of of Ryan Fitzpatrick, expecting him to be a bridge quarterback with nobody on the other side of the bridge. I found that to be very like I think the contract for Fitzpatrick was fine. It was just one year, ten million dollars. Right. But they kept two telling years. us it was two it was a oh, two, it was two year, year. It was two years, that's right. Sorry. I think it was, right? Or was it just an option for a second? I, I think it, I think ahead. the option was a second. But Essentially, what they did was they they signed this guy and they told us or they kind of alluded to, well, yeah, this is going to be the bridge quarterback for our next quarterback. But there was no next quarterback on the roster. That's how we kind of got more of the Taylor Heineke experience. But there was no one that they had positioned to be the guy on the other side of the bridge. I think that's kind of been that has led to then the Carson Wentz and everything else. So that I think should be on the on this list ahead of some of the other things they had there towards the bottom. Yeah, I mean, look, it, what would have really been near the top of the list is if Greg Zerline didn't miss the kick a few weeks ago, putting Jacoby Brissett into the game against the New York Jets uh, and winning that game. I mean, that would have been more of a fan worst uh, decision um, because it wasn't necessarily and it wouldn't be a, a worst decision in his own mind. Look, I think you can make the case, and I did not um, – I sat back and said, fine, let's watch Sam Howell. Don't want to commit to 17 games to Sam Howell. That's stupid. Um, I felt like at the beginning of the year, what if he absolutely sucked? Uh, You're just going to live through that 17 games? No, you wouldn't have done that, and they wouldn't have done that. But it didn't suck, so you know we got more of it. But I think one of the things we've learned here over the last couple of weeks is that this team would have been a better team this year with Jacoby Brissett as the starting quarterback for 17 games. Sam Howell's about to start his 17th game. First quarterback to start all 17 games in a season since you know who um, did. Uh, and, uh, you know, it wasn't intended, obviously. It required Jacoby Brissett getting legitimately hurt. From what I understand, that was a legitimate hamstring uh, injury um, last week. Um, but, uh, you know, you have players like John Allen and Terry McLaurin and Deron Payne and Montez Sweat and Gibson and other players and Cosme and and Lucas and and Leno Jr. and and Wiley, veteran players that you know had to kind of buy into this developmental thing with the quarterback all year. And look, it was sellable because Sam had moments. It would not have been sellable if if every game looked like the last, you know, four out of the last five, or if all of them looked like the Buffalo game or the Giant game, uh, either Giant game. But it was sellable because he had moments against Denver, as we know, against, you know, Atlanta in the first half, the two Philly games, obviously. But really and truly, you look back and you just wonder what it would have been like with, with Brissett and what was Ron thinking? Like he, the only way he could stay uh, employed uh, for another year, and again, I always considered the possibility that he was resigned to his fate anyway, was to win nine games and upset somebody in the first round of the playoffs and get to a second playoff game. They had to know at some point the only chance of that happening was with Jacoby Brissett. Now, Maybe they got to the point where it was like, what's the point? The defense is so bad. Like, with Brissett, we can win two or three more games, but we're not going to win enough to go to the postseason, and that's fair. But, you know, at some point, I I would think somebody had to say, look – Sam's worth trying to develop. Let's see. We don't know. We don't. He's, it's an unknown ceiling. Let's go for it. Um, but Brissett gives us a better chance to have a good season on offense. All right. Uh, 301-230-0980. Uh, Ian's first up. Um, Ian, go ahead. It's easy to say quarterback. The entire acquisitions, drafting, management, all of it has been horrendous. But to me, the other one that really bothers me is this endless focus on nebulous culture. Culture is about winning, and you, when you win, the culture is great. When you lose, it's obviously not. And what he did is instead of focusing on we're doing everything we can to win, there was always so much noise around with the Snyder stuff that he was constantly telling you about everything but what's on the field at times. It felt a little juicy. This year, right-ish this year for sure. Br- 
and the little Bruce Allen, like we're winning off the field and this. And like you said, I can't, when we think of Shanahan and Gruden and Zorn and this, in some ways you could say Robert is one of the worst ones, if not the worst, because so many bad acquisitions and failed draft picks and completely botched things, things that are so obvious. Like I just go back to the Kyle Hamilton draft. It's like, no, you could get this player. It's kind of obvious. Everyone thinks so. And it's like, nope, we're not going to do that. And the Jamin Davis and the Emmanuel Forbes, and there's so many missed picks, but instead of just owning that, it was like, well, we're building a culture and we're doing this and that. And it was just so convoluted. And it's why I wish he was fired earlier because I think his messaging permeated the team. It, it's just, Constant double talk, and I can't wait for somebody new. Can't wait. Well, I think we've all gotten to that point. I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the f- focus on the 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 things that you're talking about. I think a lot more of that was this year. It was much more about the games and the players and the moves and in the first three years. But I agree with you. There's been a lot of trying to set up some sort of exit narrative that. You know, starting with really one of the the more off-putting and ridiculous preseason comments I've seen by a coach in a long time, like almost expecting that he would get fired, which it was reasonable to understand this season being a lame duck season, but to talk about how he would be remembered after he was gone, leaving 40 to 53 players and a starting quarterback and feeling vindicated and send him his you know, Super Bowl ring. I mean, that really – I mean, I, w- I would hope somebody with some level of self-awareness, which I think Ron does have, and, and dignity, which he has a lot of, would look back on that and even cringe himself a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, the Kyle Hamilton thing – Kyle Hamilton made the Pro Bowl. Um, not only made the Pro Bowl, but is a starter in the Pro Bowl for the Ravens. Kyle Hamilton's one hell of a player. Um Robert in Annapolis knows that. Go ahead, Robert. Kyle Hamilton is my granddaughter's favorite player now. She used to be a Mahomes fan. But anyhow, I got approval from Denton on this. Uh, The worst decision Romero made, uh, possibly agreeing to work for Dan Snyder when other jobs may have been. Yeah. The same bad decision his predecessors made. Of course, but we're talking more about, look, I, I, know, I, I, know. I put the question I, I, out, I, I about 17 with... people said accepting the job. Any Anybody that accepted a job to work for a Dan Snyder-run organization was making a mistake. Ultimately, yeah. he, at $8.5 million per year, Ron did pretty well. You know, and he'll get paid for that fifth year, uh, too, when he gets fired on Monday. Um, but, no, uh, it's an impo- it was an impossible situation to come into for anybody of any ilk. How, how, about, how about when he extended Turner, uh, the OC, for another year, and then wound up getting rid of him? Remember good that? Point. He, he, That's uh, a good one, too. You know, he makes a, good a lot one for of bad Ravens monetary fan. decisions. All right. There you go. What's... What's Flacco going to hey, be? How's Flacco hey, going to be received when he comes back for the playoff game? We love, we always love Joe. We'll, we'll always love him. We won't root for him. But the, you know, here's the irony of the NFL. Who would have thought your team and my team would be playing their their longtime rival at home in the last game of the season with really no incentive to win the game? Right. Yeah. The difference is your backup quarterback is capable of playing pretty well. They could win that game. Uh, yeah. Well. Right. He couldn't. He couldn't do it the last two years. He does play well, but he couldn't get him. Uh... Well, his, you know, there's the fumble and the 98 yard return that ended up costing him. All right, I got to go. Um, Tony, right, Tony, uh, worst decision football related by Ron Rivera during his tenure. Well, Kevin, it's lengthy. As we know, I live here in Charlotte. Everybody warned me about him. He has three winning seasons in his entire career. All of a concern, but we were willing to take them, right? I mean, what were we going to take? I still think, to be honest with you, the one thing I'm going to remember of Ron Rivera is that Cleveland game last year and what he said in that press conference afterwards. I don't know what was keeping him from going to the bench, but starting Carson Wentz in that Cleveland game when we had a possibility to give some level of gleaning hope for the fans that's going to be the one decision that I remember. And obviously the lengthy pieces and all the decisions you talk about weekly, Kevin, when it comes to his 
game management and how bad that was all. But Tony, don't you think in the moment, don't you think in Denton, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was a debatable topic heading into the Cleveland game, uh, you know, on calls and on polls and everything else. Um, I think a lot of people were interested. Look, he had not done much, but Taylor Heineke was clearly not playing that well. And the offense had really stalled out in previous weeks. I don't think everybody was against it going into it. And that press conference afterwards definitely probably yeah. soured what the result was of that sure. game. Him not realizing that if D- Detroit won, we're out. And just his puzzled face, the same puzzled face he had when talking about the Terry McLaurin catch in, against Philadelphia. I right. mean, just all of these yep. things Clueless. that are just – there's no way anybody in that locker room that has any level of professional e- e- equity or goals is not listening to that and losing faith week by week. And it shows on the field. I think the young guys are performing well, but listen, you stated it. This is a winning season regardless based on what happened in July, and hopefully that's going to afford us the opportunity to get more capable people in the room and develop an organization that's going to make proper professional decisions. So. Amen to that. That's the uh, that's the win this year for this city, uh, not just sports fans. Uh, thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Uh, next up, Michael Phillips will join us. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. NBA hoops last night. Wizards fall to the Cavs 140 to 101. Kyle Kuzma scored 16 points to lead the Wizards. They got the day off today, but they're back in Cleveland, so staying in Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers again. Caps lose as well. They played the New Jersey Devils at home. They lose that one 6-3. They got the day off. They'll be back at home against the Carolina Hurricanes on Friday. And that's what's trending. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You know, a lot of players are going to be ruled out of this game on Sunday. Uh, and, you know, any sort of slight ding and... If they're a veteran and a contributor, um, I think they might be sitting on Sunday, hopefully. Uh, One gentleman who will be there on Sunday is Michael Phillips. Of course, Michael now writes for the Washington Times. You can still follow him on Twitter, at Michael P. in RVA. He joins us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. So I want to start with this. First of all, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Um, Yep. Uh, and I, how do you think we got to Sam Howell for this Sunday? I, 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 I just, I'll start with that and just tell me how we got to Sam Howell. Well, I, I don't think you can play Jake from, I, you know, I, I think that's, that's a bridge too far in the, uh, you know, like the Nate Sudfeld category of that. That's kind of laughable to think he could play. Right. I think it's Jacoby or Sam. Um, I think Jacoby has told the team he is not healthy enough to play on Sunday. Uh, and I, I think the team is not in a position 
to push back on that. Um, I, it's, it's the end of the season. Everybody's fighting through stuff. Uh, would Jacoby's hamstring be good enough to go if this game were for the playoffs? Uh, that would be reckless speculation on my part either way because I don't know Jacoby and I don't know the hamstring, but uh, I don't think that's unusual in the world of football uh, to have players who uh, check out late in the year. I, you know, As you just mentioned, we're going to have a laundry list of guys who it's late in the year uh, and it's definitely not worth them continuing to play. Time to shelve them and get them fresh for the offseason. Why is Jake Fromm a bridge too far, Michael? Because he hasn't, like, I mean, that, that Giants appearance that he made was, was a national laughing stock when he did that. And uh, as much you're, as you're talking about when he played for the Giants against Washington. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it's hard to imagine he's, he's better than that now. I can't imagine two years of hanging around this place has done that to him. Um, and he may, he may well enter the game at some point on Sunday for sure. And certainly if Sam Howell gets beat up if the Cowboys are coming after him he'd be next up but I think you know uh, as much as obviously all our talk is about the number two pick um, you do have to remember this is Ron's last game and this is a national TV game and certainly a legacy opportunity for him I I don't think Ron will be coaching to lose on Sunday no and nobody expects anybody to play to lose either they, they have contracts they have careers uh, to worry about um, I, I was wondering if I know nobody asked this question yesterday, but I was wondering what you think the answer to this is. Do you think there have been conversations between Josh Harris' ownership and Ron Rivera about how to approach the game Sunday? I have asked people who are near the situation about that, and they say that no. They insist that nothing uh, of that sort has occurred or would be asked to occur um, certainly you can you can indicate that Josh Harris put his thumb on the scale when he trade you know cast that vote to trade Montez Sweat and trade Chase Young. That was certainly an indication from him. Uh, but no, I, I part of I guess the fan frustration right now, Kevin, and, and you know I, I I can't agree with it, but I understand why they're frustrated. They want more action from Josh Harris. I think he has just gone above and beyond for the last six months in proving that he's not going to be impulsive and reactionary uh, and that he's going to let this season play out before he, he parachutes in and does what he's going to do, uh, that he's not Dan Snyder, right? A lot of this, you know, goodwill tour has been, hey, I'm here and I'm not Dan Snyder. Um, and I think that would be very out of character for how he's conducted the last four months. I totally agree with you as it, as it relates to, and we've talked a lot about it during the season, about him kind of you know sitting back as he said he would before the season started um, and observe, and then really the beginning of the football Josh Harris ownership uh, tenure would begin in 2024 uh, because he didn't have enough time to do anything in 2023. But with respect to this final game, I talked about it last week. I think if Dallas had come into this game with nothing to play for, yeah. then it would have been acceptable from my standpoint as a fan for yeah. Josh Harris to insert himself for the first time, to ensure that backup players, practice squad players, Jake Fromm, um, that they didn't win a game against a Cowboy team playing Cooper Rush and, and a bunch of their backups as well. And that would have been fine with me at that point. He caught a very lucky break in that the Cowboys are in a win-in situation and, and are not only incentivized to win, but the numbers speak for themselves. They've been way better at home this year than the road. And right. they've got the chance to lock up two home playoff games. That will be enough motivation for them. So in, in a sense, that'll, that'll forever remain a hypothetical. One I completely agree with you on, but I think because the Cowboys are winning in, that provides enough incentive that you don't have to worry about it too much. But you, no, I, we're in agreement on that. The one thing that I would say is you still want to ensure that nothing wacky <laughs> happens. Yeah. And I actually think without knowing anything about Jacoby Brissett's current health, I do know that he was legitimately hurt Sunday. I think you know that too. There was some speculation that maybe Brissett was trying to do what Taylor Heineke maybe did last year, which yeah, is right, preserve, right. you know, his, 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 uh, before playing the 49ers and Cowboys, hey, I'm five for five on drives in 23 uh, and maybe command a bigger contract. But I think he was legitimately hurt. But I think Sam Howell, certainly for from a fan perspective, 
wanting to lose this game is the much better option organizationally than Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you know, I, I think that Sam Howell, uh, you know, will will go into this with a really good opportunity, right? National TV uh, has kind of taken a, a beating from a PR standpoint and a physical standpoint over the last few weeks. Uh, he can lose the game but still win uh, the opportunity to win over some hearts and minds here headed into the offseason. I, I think it is a nice opportunity for him in that regard. Uh, I think in the regard of how many times is he going to get sacked, uh, they could make this turn ugly, that's for sure. I do think there could be a, a Nate Sudfeld moment, though. Like, if you end up with a more competitive game at halftime, like the San Francisco game, 13-10, to 10, we might see Jake Fromm in the second half. I, I got to disagree with you on that one. I, I would want to see Jake Fromm in the second half. I agree with you. It would be an important thing to do. Uh, I, I just think, I think the die has been cast. It would be too late to reverse course at that point. <laughs> it would be some drama. Somebody texted me. I'm not going to mention who. Somebody texted me and said after Sam's second interception on Sunday, I was not at the game. I don't think a lot of fans were at that game. There were a lot of 49er fans, but you were, that actually Fromm got up and it looked like for a moment he might be going into the game. It, yeah. I, I hadn't, I've not seen that reported anywhere. Did you notice it? He got up and he did warm up. Um, Hal was also, he was with the team at the time in the huddle. So traditionally during the, the, the long commercial before the offense takes over, uh, from and Howell or whoever the two quarterbacks are, will come out onto the field and essentially warm up with each other. They'll throw the ball to each other. Um, in that sequence, Howell was with the offensive line over by the huddle Um so I didn't know if how if if Fromm was warming up to start or if he was doing his routine and getting his throws in, and Hal just wasn't available to do it with him. So it looked like he was warming up solo. Um, I, I have not asked about that to be honest. Thank you for jogging my memory on that. He was doing the thing he does during every commercial, but because Hal wasn't doing it with him, it looked weird. But Hal was with with the O line the whole time. So I at no point in that sequence did I think oh, they're going to make a switch. It was more of like, oh, that's weird. He should probably just hang out on the bench and not do throws during this commercial. Well, here's a, here's a question that's kind of now out of chronological order because I should have asked it before. Is Fromm officially the backup for Sunday's game? No. Uh, we asked Ron yesterday, and he said, we'll see how Jacoby is on Saturday. Okie doke. Uh, so, we are so, talking so to Michael he, Phillips. I, I will tell you this, obviously. A scenario where Jacoby's the backup completely eliminates the Nate Sudfeld possibility in that scenario, the Nate Sudfeld possibility is that Sam's taking a beating and he's left in to continue taking it. (laughs) Yeah. He's thrown three picks and been sacked seven times. And, 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 and Ron says, Nope, leave him out there. That's what ownership just called down and told us to do. Um, other than versus the Jalen Hurts is playing well enough to win the game gets, and that's no doubt a Doug Peterson on his way out. Howie Roseman saying, uh, get Sudfeld into the game. We can't win this one. (laughs) Exactly. It would be the opposite of that where Sam has to, you know, Oh, sorry. A tough interception, buddy. Get back out there. You got this. Get back out there. Fight through it. it. (laughs) Yeah. We just, we just told the world two weeks ago, you were broken and too fragile to play the 49ers, but now we're going to really make you suffer. That's pretty funny. What was the Jay Gruden joke? If I wanted somebody to run out of the I formation 42 times, I would have kept Adrian Peterson. Well, somebody, somebody call AP. We might need that. Yeah. Um, so we're talking to Michael Phillips, of course, from the Washington Times. So it does look like, right, with the injury report and the the, the size of it, that I'll, that many starters, look, there were many starters that didn't play last week, that we're going to see a lot of backups and maybe even some first-time performances from some players on Sunday. Um, if, if that's true, give me some names that we might see for the first time. Yeah, goodness. I mean, anybody from the draft class I, on the defensive end side, right? We've seen a little bit of KJ Henry, but they brought seen in, a lot of KJ Henry. Uh, seen a lot of KJ Henry, but they brought in three other undrafted guys who have right. been there over the course of the year. So I, I think that it's an opportunity to see them against a really good quarterback in Dak, who's, who's presumably going to be out there for the full game on Sunday. Obviously, um, wide receiver. Uh, I think they want to get Terry to a thousand. 
Uh, I think that matters in the building. Uh, he's 54 yards away. Uh, after that, go ahead and, uh, you know, is this the Tiami De- Brown farewell tour? Or, you know, do you, do you bring in some of these rookies who have been around and playing? Um, still waiting on a little uh, Jarrett Patterson, uh, potentially a Jarrett Patterson sighting or two uh, on deck for Sunday. So uh, even among the young names, still some familiar names. Yeah, I mean, did we see? Have we seen Mitch Tinsley on the field yet this year? That's a great. That's a great pull as well uh, at wide receiver. Uh, he had a very nice preseason. Uh, yeah. has, has not lined up in formation uh, in a significant moment that I'm aware of. Uh, he once once Terry gets his, I could see some Mitchell Tinsley for sure. By the way, I want to just remind you because I was reminded of it um, yesterday. Jake Fromm had a good preseason, so much so, and Denton and I were talking about this earlier in the show, there were moments during preseason where fans were like, well, let's just have Fromm be the backup and cut Jacoby Brissett and, and save $8 million. Well, the problem was they had already guaranteed $7.5 million to him, and that was never going to happen from, you know, from a reasonable take, but Fromm had played well enough to make people believe that he could be the backup. Um that, we are t- well. That was yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'm that sorry. was never going to happen. There is an interesting alternate history where Jacoby gets traded to the Browns at the trade deadline, right? Uh, you know, because Fromm probably does get some run here in that scenario, and Jacoby could be in the playoffs in that scenario. No doubt. Although, uh, if that had happened, Flacco wouldn't be in Cleveland either, and might be yep. somewhere else. And actually, I think they've got a better shot with Flacco than they may have had with Jacoby Brissett. Who knows? Uh, it's pretty actually uh, one of the better NFL stories here over the last month. What's going on uh, in Cleveland? Um, we are talking to Michael Phillips. So let's look beyond Sunday. Um, let's look at a team that finishes four and 13. Let's assume that, uh, it's a pretty safe assumption, by the way, Michael, this is a massive game for the Cowboys. Like they are in a position that they didn't think they would be in. They have not been a good road team at all. Cowboy fans and, and Redskin fans know this. Whenever you totally expect something to happen in this series over the years the opposite happens and both fan bases understand that their fan base more so because they've been the more dominant team um and there have been moments whether it was the Colt McCoy game or you know um that the the the, the block kick by 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 Vincent picked up by like there's been some crazy moments but this is a big spot for Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. Don't you think? I know they're a 13-and-a-half-point favorite, but the downside of losing this game for them uh, is maybe not recoverable. I agree with everything you just said. I'll give you my number, but I'm curious to hear yours. What's your percent chance that the Commanders win on Sunday? Well, much higher than it was against the 49ers because yeah. I just think the 49ers were so much better, and yet it was 13 to yep. 10 at halftime in a weird game in that it was a very short game, you know, few plays in the first half, few possessions. Um, percent chance they could pull it off. You know, if Jacoby Brissett were playing, I'd be really concerned. I'd say 5%, 10, 10%. It's the NFL, 10%, a 1 in 10 chance. What's, what is yours? Go, I was going to go 10% as well. I, I think people need to brace themselves, right? There's a possibility this could be a, a, a clench yourself in your seat final fourth quarter here, and not because these guys excel, which, you know, they, they've been playing hard to the finish and they'll play hard. But I, the Cowboys' choke factor is very real here as so well. So good point. Such a good the, point. All the reasons you just mentioned. I was just going to say that if there is a tight game in the fourth quarter, it's because they're gagging more yep. than Washington's playing well. More likely than not. Um, and I and you can see that they have looked vulnerable on the road. They have come up short in big spots before. Um, I'll tell you one thing, though, in thinking about them and and watching them Saturday night and watching them almost every week, CeeDee Lamb has really elevated to an elite, elite wide receiver. I didn't see that in him until this year. I would agree with that. He's looked really impressive. The collection of talent there definitely says they're going to win a playoff game or two. Uh, The collection of history there and the coach says that is not a guarantee by any stretch. Right. So let's assume it's a loss. Let's assume we're 90% uh, that the 90% comes through. 
So what are you expecting, you know, timeline-wise? Uh, Monday and then moving forward through next week. And then do you have any names that you are dialed in on in terms of potential hires? Well, I, I do think we'll, we'll hear about uh, general manager side hires first before coaching hires. Now, the exception would be if they have Harbaugh locked up, which I don't think they do, and I'm certainly not reporting that. I believe they don't have Harbaugh. Um, but I, you get the feeling from the rumblings that somebody's got Harbaugh locked up, and we don't know who that is. Um, far more likely that's the Chargers or, or the right. Bears or one of those teams, obviously. That would be the exception to the rule here. I think in any other scenario, you're probably dealing with a two- to three-week long drip-drip period where they're, they're going to do the interviews and do, do the things and hire the general managers. You know, certainly I, a name that Nikki Javala floated the other day, Donna Ponte, uh, would come in and hire a general manager, most likely. So you're looking at two, biz, you know, two hires on the personnel side of the house. Not, not unreasonable to think that there will be two hires, even if it's not her. Um, whatever that is, that side of the house will get set. Then the coaching side of the house will get set. So I, I do think I would caution – that this will be a process. At the same time, I would say that's not bad, and they're not going to miss out on anybody. They they have their 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 claws in all the places they need to be. Everybody who will be considered for this job will know that they are being considered, no matter where they're at in the process. Um, but I, I do think it could be a longer process than perhaps anticipated. Thanks, as always. Uh, I'm sure I will be talking to you um, over the next few weeks. I appreciate it as always. I'll look forward to it. Michael Phillips, everybody. Thanks to him. Thanks to Scott Van Pelt. Chris Russell, up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.